0: This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Furthermore, the Port Douglas branch
1: is now excited to announce its brand new location at the Saltwater Building, Shop 9 26
0: to 30 Macrossan Street. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank.
1: Firstly, let me deal with the last podcast I did when I spoke to the Mayor, Michael Kerr. I was accused by one listener of going too hard on the three councillors who overturned a previous decision to support a road closure of a proposed development site on the Port Douglas foreshore Flagstaff Hill down near Four Mile Beach. On December 15th last year, a motion got up unanimously to support the road closure but at the last meeting of Council, Councillor Abigail Noly put forward a motion to rescind part of that December vote, the part concerning the tick of approval from Council for the road closure, that Council not support it. It seemed strange at the time because Council doesn't actually own the road, the state government does. The motion got up despite staff telling the councillors to hold fire until a later time. Councillors Nolly, Zamataro and Skomazon, the Deputy Mayor, voted to remove the part where the council gives a nod to the road closure. The Mayor was not a happy camper when I spoke to him.
0: We can't make decisions based on what could happen. You know, I know that the application has been lodged with the Planners and they will work through the application, and what comes to council could be quite different by the time it's been worked and adjusted and manipulated with planners doing their bits and pieces. So it's important to you know keep the the things open so that you know these proposals get there and just um,
1: ch- chances. Lisa Scomazon is a good person and has the Shires' best interests at heart. She also has tons of experience in the public service, so. I was intrigued to know why she voted with the other two not to support a road closure at this proposed development when it's not even the council's road to close. Well, according to our Deputy Mayor, it's lack of information to councillors. She says it's a regular occurrence at council meetings these days.
2: Paul, it's very important that when we have meetings that we're presented with all the information and sometimes things come up in the meeting which is not the information that we've received. And it's really important that we make the right decision for the community and processing it properly before we make the right decision. And that's what we owe the community. Lisa says it's
1: important that everything possible is known about what they're voting on, including late-minute information
2: that comes up before a council meeting. We assume that it is all the information that we receive. But sometimes in a meeting, something may come up that's not Within the information that we received. And it's that processing time that we need to make sure that our decision at that time is not changed.
1: So sometimes you're getting a surprise?
2: Yes, a little surprises here and there. They've still got uh, um, Thursday afternoon when we get our agenda, they've got all that time then till Tuesday morning um, to jot us a quick email so that it gives us that little bit extra um, information. The staff do a very, very good job and they do work. Tirelessly with what they um, present to us for meetings, but it's that little bit extra that not aware of until it comes up into the meeting. So maybe it's getting lost within the process um, by the time it gets into the agenda to us. I'm not too sure, but as councillors, we have to understand that we're here for the community, and to make the right decision, is based on all the information that we we get and. I think it's a process that we've got to work through as councillors and everyone's got to be on the same page because that's what we're here to do.
1: The deputy says late information could be emailed or even put in front of them 15 minutes before the start of the meeting. The deputy mayor says she only voted to green light the road closure at the December meeting
2: because she was unaware of certain information that wasn't passed on. It would have been good if the councillors were presented Even if it's just a couple of one-liners, just to say that there was a DA had been submitted for a resort to go there, we could have had a look at it a little bit closer on why that the uh, developer wanted this um, piece of land, but we weren't told that at the time. And um, the DA has, after the December meeting, I went and found the DA and had a look at that, and my concern is if that piece of land goes toward the development, what is the community going to miss out on? And I'd hate to see that whole park um, be giving away. You assume that that's all the information, but I think sometimes we could go that little bit extra step and tell us what's in the background or what may be coming up mm. so that it gives us that uh, little bit extra to make the right decision. You know, I know that staff, there is, a, um, there is a ladder that they've got to go through, you know, so the CEO needs to let us know. Before we go any
1: further, let me say this current council has been doing, in my opinion, a very, very good job. Doing things that councils should be doing. Infrastructure being attended to. Port Douglas and Mossman getting a freshen up. Work that was on the back burner of the previous council. More intent on carbon credits. Empty promises of Qantas publicity over their grand schemes. And blocks of land that ratepayers had to foot the bill for. Michael Kerr, as mayor, has certainly been the man to steer the shire through COVID. And while council is more settled and the angst seems to have settled down, Deputy Mayor Lisa Scomazon believes there is a communication problem somewhere in the chain of command. She also made it clear her vote on that road closure is not being anti-development.
2: I'm not anti-development, but we do have a town plan in place. And we must abide by that down plan because we don't want Port Douglas or Mossman, Cape Tribulation, Cooyah Beach and your Beach to end up like the Sunshine Coast or um, the Gold Coast. So not
1: development at any cost, but
2: a correct development
1: done in the right way, thoughtful of the environment you're for. All for it. The Deputy Mayor reckons she respects everyone at council and this is not a whinge for no reason.
2: Yeah, well, normally I wouldn't say anything. So when I do say something, Paul, you know that I am very frustrated.
1: Okay, so there's always two sides to every story. So now to the Mayor, Michael Kerr, who was passionately voting to give that road closure green light to the developer to show, as he says, good faith to someone prepared to spend good money in our shire. Michael, you've heard what Lisa has had to say. Your response?
0: Yeah, you know, it's disappointing and, you know, I, I feel for Lisa, I do, because I know what it's like. I was there in my first year. You know, it can be quite daunting and, you know, sometimes you're not quite sure where you're heading and what you're doing. So I do feel for her, but I think it's, you know, really, really important. And firstly, thank you for inviting me on and give me the opportunity to, to speak. You know, And hopefully we can clarify some of these statements and you know, for your listeners and for the community so they can understand what's also going on because, you know, it is it is concerning when these things happen. I think, you know, first of all, I want to start at the beginning, all right? Let's just look at the way council works because that's really important. So with local government, there's two very distinct roles. You know, we're heavily legislated by this and it's something the councillors are familiar with. They were trained in this pre the election when they did their councillor training and also once they became a councillor we did training on that as well so you know it's something I think the community often doesn't understand so first of all you have the political arm Okay, so that's, of course, um, the mayor and the councillors. Now, the role of the mayor and the councillors is that of a policy arm. So what we set the direction of for council, we do the corporate plan, the operational plan, the capital works plan and other strategies that staff assist us with. And and they're based on um, so that the CEO can give a direction to the staff at council on what the council, the people want and what... um, You know, things that we may need or what we believe will make benefit for the community. And that happens once it goes to a council meeting and a majority of the councillors adopt that and it becomes policy. And that's what guides the CEO. Now, very importantly, there's a second arm of council, which is the operational arm. Now, the operational side consists of the CEO, of course, and the staff, and they operate the day to day runnings of council. Now our CEO, no different to any other council, is extremely well educated um, and experienced in the functions of operating an entity such as our council. Now, hence why he was employed, it was a very rig- vigorous employment process. And the staff, of course, you know that work on council are chosen for their experience and their education. You know many of them also very well educated, with various university degrees that make them specialize in the departments that they work in within council. Now, for an example, if you applied for a food license, you know, the staff member for our, our environmental health department would assess the application, ensure that the applicant has complied with all the various needs of the state government acts, etc., to make sure they're doing the right thing. Um, another example would be if someone applies for a demolition permit. You know, the staff assess the application and ensure that they abide by all the occupational health and safety requirements or the legal laws, etc., that cover that area. And it's really important procedure because when council, as in Douglas Shire Council, approves things, um, if they're wrong, it leaves council open to a lot of potential issues, including litigation. Okay? So when the staff put forward a recommendation to the councillors in a particular way, um, it's for good reason you know, and it's evidentially and factually based and that's important.
1: Why are you going through this information before you give me a response to what Lisa has said?
0: I think it's important people understand the process that the staff go through as well as what the councillors go through before information comes to them. I think that's really important. So now on occasions there's there are occasions when a councillor may disagree with a particular recommendation as it's they're right they can absolutely do that and they can disagree and they can vote in the negative to a particular recommendation that's been put forward by the staff. If the majority agree of course it gets passed and if they vote in the negative it fails and then the staff have to reconsider what the options were for that particular item now if however the majority of councillors for some reason don't agree with the advice or the recommendation from staff and they wish to amend the motion or change it to something different or that goes against what the staff have, the professional staff have recommended you know they need to normally have a really good reason Okay, they need to document that reason in the minutes as well. So it has to be very clear that what the staff have said and what the political arm has said, if it's different. And, you know, that protects the staff if they have given information. Of course, it doesn't work out the right way. So now with that in knowledge, let's let's take a look at the question at hand. So let's go back to the 15th of December. A motion was presented to the councillors by the staff. Um, that we approve a recommendation to allow an applicant to to apply and apply is the right word here to apply to the state government for a road reserve closure now after all the road reserve is state property it's not councils it's owned by the state so it's their decision in the end so all this is is an application to allow them to apply all right so the council staff, qualified to act and work in this area, they take a look at the application and they ensure that the form's been made correctly. They would check to see if the road reserve was required for future use by council, if there's any new estates that may be on the plans. Um, they'd look to see if the road closure would be detrimental to any other properties, You know, and all those sorts of things they process. All right. So when you know the application comes to the councillors, it's pretty much been confirmed by the staff that all the legal issues have been covered and they've given us a recommendation. You know, as I said, they found no legitimate reasons not to allow, or negative reasons not to allow the applicant to make an application to the state. Again, you know, it isn't about us deciding to close the road reserve. This is only to allow the applicant to apply to the state for a road closure. I
1: understand that, but mm-hmm. I've got to just bring bring something else in here. Lisa says that, she, and I think Councillor Nolly agrees with this, that the they were not aware of the DA having been put in. Now, that went up on your website on the 2nd of December. That would have been tons of time to put it in that information when they sent out that agenda on the Thursday before the 15th of December. Why wasn't the DA information that it was up on the website? I've read it. The Deputy Mayor since then has read it. Why wasn't that given in the information?
0: Because that's not something the state are concerned about when it comes to an application for a road closure. That's a planning issue, and that is discussed with the councillors once it gets to a planning decision. Yes, but the wh- staff but it, but it, cannot bring forward a DA they haven't even assessed.
1: No, 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 no but that was on your website available for the Absolutely. public to have a look at, but the councillors were not aware that was up on your website.
0: Well, I know as the Mayor, every Monday... I go on the website and I have a look to see what DAs have been lodged.
1: So you're saying that the councillors should be checking that out Absolutely. all the time.
0: that is their job to do things like that. They are a paid employee for the ratepayers. It is their job to know these things, and you know. So it's application- not up for the it's not up to the staff
1: in that agenda information on the Thursday to include information like that.
0: How can the staff bring forward a DA that they haven't assessed legally? There's a lot. There's lots no, but of it's up on your website on the
1: 2nd of December.
0: Absolutely, but we're not talking about the DA here. What we're talking about is this person has put in an application for a road call.
1: I understand that, but, to, but it's always good if you have more information.
0: What I'm saying is there's a due process. Now, the DA didn't have to be lodged. The DA that's in is subject to this approval. Okay, so without this approval happening by the state, there is no DA.
1: So you're saying that DA up on the website, there's no use looking at that? It didn't really matter?
0: Well, not until this road, road closure. This is a part of the process. The developer has gone to council and says, this is my idea, this is my DA, and they've said, well... You know access through murphy street's not going to be practical you're going to have to find another means so the developers looked at the plans he has fitted in on all the criteria that he had to do for a road closure which is having a block of land adjacent to it there's no other properties involved etc and he has lodged an application to us to say I wish to apply for a road closure to this block of land so I can include it within Mm. my development application. And the council supports you in that? Yeah, and and, and that's what it was. This DA could change dramatically between now Mm. and when it's lodged and what actually comes to light. Were you
1: aware on the 2nd of December it was up on the website? Yes, I was. Yet the deputy mayor was not.
0: Well, I again say that she should be paying attention to applications that come to council. It's as simple as that, you know, but in my decision when I made it, it wasn't based on what that development application was. My decision was that this is purely an application to go to state. And as the state has said that this has never happened, that a council's turned around and said, no, you don't have the right to apply. You know, it is absolutely a part of the due process. There's going to be a public consultation period where anyone who has objections can make legitimate actual objections. objections to it and to make an objection to a road closure you actually have to have a legitimate legal objection. What about Lisa's
1: other claims that on a regular basis there are surprises at the meeting there is lack of information what's your response to that?
0: Well I recommend that you know and I'll state from the 15th of December when this motion went to it not one request for information has come to the CEO a staff member or myself about this. From any councillor? Any councillor So if you've got concerns, if you get further information, isn't the correct thing to do first up straight away is come to the CEO and the staff, or at least the Mayor, and say, I've heard this, can I get information on it? Uh,
1: When that uh, information, agenda information, goes out on the Thursday, are there updates to the councillors up until the Tuesday meeting?
0: The councillors get it on a Thursday. They can read through the information. They've got any time between there and the Tuesday to put a request in for any information which will be provided to them.
1: But there's no updating by staff. If some little bit of information comes by to do with that vote, that is not updated. It's up to the councillors to do their own own updating.
0: If it's a legitimate, absolutely it would be. If it's something that has to do with the legal process of what it, the motion is, of course it would be updated to them. You know, quite often there are late agenda items. Normally, the process, the CEO will not put an item onto the agenda unless it's complete. You know, so it's very rare that that will happen. Quite often, there may be a late agenda item, which means a page is put in saying that they're notifying the councillors. This is a late agenda item, and you may not receive it till the Saturday. Is yeah, is so. there
1: anything in what Lisa says? do you believe is valid? Of course
0: I believe what Lisa said. That's how she's feeling. You you have to absolutely acknowledge that if she's saying it, it's what she's feeling. And I I would love for her, and I have numerous times, I usually give her a call on the Monday before the meeting to ask her if she's covered on everything, if there's any information she needs. And you do that every every, single Monday? Every Monday before a council meeting, I have contacted her and I contact Peter as well, just because I know they're the new councillors, you know, to ensure that they've got everything that they need. Yeah, and that wasn't, nothing was mentioned to me. Unfortunately, that week, of course, I was away because of the, I was stuck in lockdown because of COVID, so I couldn't actually attend the council meeting. So, and Lisa was the chair of the meeting that day.
1: Is there room for get togethers of all councillors on a more regular basis, do you think, before a meeting?
0: Yeah, we get together as much as the councillors are available all to of do you? so. Absolutely. You know, we, we have workshops. You know, we do try and organise. Initially, there's a workshop every Tuesday, but unfortunately, my schedule gets busy. You know, Councillor Nolly works another job as well, so her schedule is busy. You know, so there are issues when we can't always be together. But, you know, it is certainly really important to, you know, acknowledge the fact that the staff are there to help us. They are there for this community. They are there to ensure that this council operates you know, within the legal bounds and the legal ability and the best ability it possibly can.
1: Just to be absolutely clear, you don't believe there's any glitch in the chain of command of information
0: coming to councillors? I think it's important that if councillors feel they haven't got information on things, they need to actually say it before it gets to the council meeting. It's a waste of time sitting at the council meeting saying, well, I've read this and I don't know what it's about. Can you tell me what it's about at the council meeting? You know, You've seen it, you've obviously acknowledged it. Give the staff the opportunity to actually look at it properly and give you a complete and detailed response so you're ready to go into that council meeting armed with all the information you need. Anything else? You know, I, again, I think it's, it's really, really important that... The staff are given the ability to do what they are paid to do. They are professional people. They have got university degrees. They are, you know, absolutely good at what they do. You know, this isn't a place for our uh, 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 Facebook um, planners or uh, Google search entrepreneurs that think they can find an act and that's how the law is. You know, because they believe that's what it is. It's really important for these people. That it's a really complicated legal. Process Council. You know, I admit I don't know it all but I have faith in the CEO, I have faith in the staff and I know when they come to me with the information that I've asked for, I know it's correct and that's really important.
1: Thank you Michael.
0: Thank you.